better sustainable use of materials is key to moving the agenda on the climate emergency and making better informed decisions and having a lower impact, um, more equitable um, economy and quality of life. Welcome to today's podcast from the Real Circularity Coalition, an international campaign to promote and create a real circular economy. I'm Liz Jetchy, Head of Research at Higginson Strategy and Project Manager of the Real Circularity Coalition, a campaign created to push the circular economy to the forefront of both the political and business landscape. These podcasts are part of our quest to bring together business leaders, international activists, politicians and thought leaders who are abandoning the take, make and waste economy and accelerating the transition to the real circular economy. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Sam Reed, CEO of Resource Futures. Resource Futures works with clients across public, private and non-profit sectors to enable the positive management of material resources. Sam has been working in the field of resource efficiency and circular economy for over a decade now and is an expert in all things circular. Sam, welcome to the Behind the Story podcast. So tell us about yourself. Thank you for that that introduction. It's um, it's always strange to hear someone else um, describing how long you've been been working in the field. It makes me feel feel older than than, than hopefully I'm I'm looking and being. So yeah, so it's I'm Sam. I'm I'm CEO of Resource Futures, as you say, a consultancy focused on sustainable material resource management. So it's great to be here. Um, as you say, I, I, am I an expert in all things circular? I certainly deal with all things circular every day, you know, and we're, I'm sure we'll cover um, the topic of circularity as, as that's the topic and sustainability and things. But yeah, that's that's what we do as a business. We're trying to help our our clients make better decisions, take better actions all around using material um, better more sustainably in it and it's a journey that, that we go on with with our clients and things so it's it's nice to have the opportunity to to share some of our thinking and some of our experiences with you brilliant and so talk me through your sustainability journey i've always had an interest in the environment um you know then that does go back to to my kind of time at school and things it, it, i naturally levitated towards that, that those geography topics and the I find it really interesting that that impact that that we as humans have on the environment and um, that wasn't always a positive impact so I studied um, environmental science my undergraduate degree I was lucky enough to go on and do a postgrad in environmental impact assessment and and that really focused in um, I suppose academically on on sustainability and the three pillars of sustainability and how when we're looking at how we're going to I suppose earn a living and do business and make policy it's not all about money actually and there are these other pillars of you know the impact on society and the impact on the environment and that always has just seemed common sense to me if I'm honest I guess it just that that chimes with 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 how I I suppose my personal view of the world I was lucky enough after my postgrad masters to get a job in central government in and I'm going to give away my age even more here um, as it was then the department of environment transport and regions 
So those of you that can Google, you'll, you'll start aging me. Um, but I worked, I worked within the sustainability team there on the very first ever Green Minister's report, which was all focused on internally how all the government departments are integrating kind of the environment and considering the environment in their policies. Really interesting just to see how that was. Um, and then from there, um, I moved into local government and I had a job at a county council, again, in the sustainability field. And I actually was working within a county council on what was called a sustainability forum. And what that did is that brought together public sector um, parts of the local authorities and the county council as a two tier county council, brought together businesses, local businesses, and it also brought together community groups all with that vested interest on looking to take positive actions to improve the quality of life of the residents in the county. And that was, again, really interesting to see that interplay of, of the need to collaborate. Um, and, and a lot of those, those actual projects that I was involved in were very environmentally focused back then, whether that was energy or waste, but then it also brought in things like social housing and the need for equality in that and tied into work. And then kind of stumbled into waste. Um, I, I think very few people possibly set out in their career thinking, I am going to rummage through bins and think waste and think policy. But that's actually how my, my career in specifically in waste, as it did start back in in the early 2000s, was I was um, I got a job with one of the founding companies for um, that formed Resource Futures Network Recycling. Record and I was a, a waste analysis site manager, and that is probably as exactly as it sounds. It involved going around all over the UK, collecting samples of waste mainly on behalf of local authorities and sorting through it, and then being able to report on what that composition was. And what that in and, and I, when I say instantly, I mean instantly. Kind of after my first week on site, I was like, "We there's a massive issue here. There's." There's, we were looking at residual waste, we're looking at recycling, we're looking at organic collections, looking at HWRC waste. And what was clear was all the great work that was being done, and even back then in the early 2000s, but also just the, the, the sheer variety and volume of all these things that we weren't currently dealing with. We didn't know what we were trying to manage. And then I've just um, been lucky enough to be promoted through the, the company and things, but it's always been that interest in making a difference. The work that I wanted to do, as we all do, it's this, I suppose, we, you know, we call it purpose now, don't we? We talk a lot about purpose. I think back then that I don't think that was really in the discourse as a thing, but I knew I wanted to, to feel like my job was making a difference with that environmental focus. So that's, and then five years ago in in 2016, there was a transition from, as I say, Jane Stevenson, the former CEO. Um, I'd been effectively her number two within the business as operations director. And I was lucky enough that the board and and the employees, because we're an employee owned business, were um, were happy that I put my name forward and, and then I took over five years ago. So that's my my journey. And and I genuinely you know, we, we all have tough days, particularly over the last year, and we'll probably touch on that, won't we? COVID and things. But I, I, I love my job. I love the people I work with across the sector. And, um, you know, it, it, it was certainly very busy still. 
Oh, how interesting, Sam. You've had a really interesting journey in your, in your, in your sustainability life. And uh, so you must see, see seen so many changes in terms of the term waste going from resources and all these definitions. Of how, how do you think um, the, the resource conversation can tie into the climate change conversation? We, when we, Often when we talk about climate change, it's related to sort of renewables and energy efficiency, but you don't really hear the conversation geared towards circular economy. How can we get this uh, conversation going with how circular economy can impact on the climate change? Yeah, it, it has changed a lot. I mean, you know, Liz, from your your kind of um, time in, in the sector as well. I think, and I think, I think the one comment I would add before I, I maybe try and give some thoughts on, on the particular question is I think that pace of change, from my personal view, that pace of change has particularly been really rapid, probably in the last five years. Um, and, you know, and that ties in, you know, partly to, you know, our, our, our friend David Attenborough and, and the plastics um, kind of issues that he's highlighted and then and the climate emergency. But in terms of the resource management issue and how that ties into the climate emergency, I mean, they're, they're integrally linked we know that it's really important that we always remind ourselves we work in this bubble with you know we're converted we understand that I think it's it's about the fact that this is a um it's such a multifaceted challenge that the climate emergency brings us that there's not one silver bullet is the you know as you say whether that's renewables or transport or material use and all of that but material use is really important within that and I think the topic of circularity circular economy I, I know it's not only five years old but it's but it's got the traction in the last five years and it's definitely all tied together but the climate emergency is around carbon is a key thing there and your material use and the materials you're using you know from extraction through to manufacturing to use to end of life and looking to to maintain you know that value of materials it, it all links through there your decisions about your material use impact those I think we as a business I suppose myself as a person what what we're trying to support and facilitate is behavioral change now that can be at the individual level, it could be at organisational level, it can be at a government level. We, as a business, that's that's our core, that's our, you know, our vision is a sustainable world. So I, I think the important thing is that, that we're all pushing in the same direction. And I think that's the important thing, that the actions that we are taking are pushing in the same direction, which is the direction of sustainability, circularity. But it's absolutely key. Material better sustainable use of materials is key to moving the agenda on the climate emergency and, and making better informed decisions and having a lower impact, um, more equitable um, economy and quality of life. That's so interesting. Yes, yeah, really interesting. And and we've got the G, you know, the um, COP26 rather coming up in November. What, what one thing would you ask politicians to be looking at to help us move ahead with this agenda? There's a question. <laughs> um, I think collaboration is is key, isn't it? And, you know, off of the 
the, the previous meetings and things that's that's been at the heart because the, the climate emergency is is a global problem and i suppose so action is important i think that's what people want to see they want to see actions and by people just to find who i suppose who i'm including that within my my world i think i think that's within the resources sector that that is that end-to-end value chain people people want to take action i think now generally and so I think it has to be about collaboration and it has to be also, I think there's an, an, an issue, there's a, there's, a, there's a block here, a barrier, which is acknowledged and known about, but I think is, is also slightly, not left behind exactly, that would be unfair, but, but data. There is, there is this issue with, we are talking about materials and managing materials, and yet there is that fundamental point about the data on understanding what's where, how much, who owns it, what quality it is, is really problematic. It's a huge part of, of our business is, is trying to fill in those data gaps, which I suppose from a sustainability prism, I'm actually striving to fill that gap and involve what we do because we we shouldn't be spending time charging, you know, clients time and money to do that. It should be that data and that knowledge should be easily accessible for, for all so that we're all making better informed decisions. And then you start dealing with the bigger problems because there's this journey, this journey to circularity is it's not an overnight thing. It's, you know, it's it's for the, you know, the generation, you know, that, that we're we're starting now. So I think it's action. I think it's collaboration. And I think it's this issue of data and and how we really, from a materials perspective, get a handle on that so that we know what's where. Oh, interesting. And um, so could you talk a bit more about your, your work with Resource Futures? You talk about data. What what other things are you, are you looking at and how does it work? Yeah, so we, so as I say, so we're, we're a consultancy. How we work in terms of just, we're, we're slightly different. We're not unique. We're employee owned, um, which which is a really interesting kind of uh, business structure and we're non-profit distributing. So we're we're a, a profit-focused business, but what we do, and even though we're employee-owned, we as members of the business don't get financial dividends. So that profit, we reinvest back into the business. So that, that that's interesting because it gives us some options on, on the type of work um, we can do. So as you say, we work across the public, private and non-profit sectors, and we are doing a range of work from your very technical policy um, kind of impact assessment work um, that we will do with national governments. That policy work will also um, be um, useful for some of our private customers in looking at the impact that those policies may have on them and how they can adapt to it and the opportunities that, that, that they may have. We do a lot of work on um, the kind of waste and resources management and infrastructure and so that's from how your and your waste and my waste is collected by our local authority so we we do a lot of kind of options appraisals and efficiency studies on that we do a lot of material flow assessments so that not only are um, collections as efficient and as easy to use as possible but they're forever improving and you know we can we also have a a behaviour change team looking at communications and, and a lot of their work will be around kind of that interface between collection system and, and residents. 
We did a lot of work with business around circular economy and transition into circular economy business models. And that can be, again, from a, an initial kind of work with the business on just understanding where they are currently within within that transition and and understanding what the opportunities are. And I think also we quite often identify lots of really positive things they're already doing, which tick circularity boxes. And I think that's always really important to remember that, that very few businesses are starting from what someone might call ground zero or state, you know, there's that, you know, business wants to be efficient. And ultimately, sustainability circularity in one guise is about efficiency um, and using your materials. It's about, I suppose, the expansion on the circular thing is around maintaining that value of the materials in the wider economy once it's left that business. Um, and, and then finally, I think in terms of the type of work we do, we we have a team we, we call community impact team. And that's where we have um, actual projects on the ground where we um, employ direct members of staff to run programs. So we have an education program where we're going into schools, uh, environmental, sustainable focused kind of assemblies and classrooms and workshops. We run a real nappies campaign for a local authority. We have a, a national network of schemes which are collecting unused paint. It's called Community Repaint. We work with um, Axe and Abel, Dulux Paints on that. And then we also have a huge evidence gathering team, I, unsurprisingly with my previous comment on data. So we actually still, as I commented, I started doing waste composition work. We still have a, you know, a significant um, team that are doing kind of, uh, I suppose, work not just in the UK now, we are actually branching out and doing more composition work outside of the UK for to, to, to fill this data gap of actually understanding what waste is where and what's its quality. And and that's a you know a, a really interesting part of the business too. That's really interesting. Uh, data seems to be the new sort of in thing with in all sectors. Could you talk to me a bit more about you know the, this data issue? What what's driving this? Need? I think I when I was um as I was working through the I suppose uh, climbing. And being promoted through the resource futures one of my jobs was actually overseeing the uh, the waste evidence team and i even back then and this is going back a decade or so liz even back then i used to say it feels wrong it feels inefficient i guess that's the better word it feels inefficient for the sector to have to come to a private company to pay us to go and do a study to understand all the waste they're collecting so that they can then improve their services surely there's a way that 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 service is needed, and this is, I suppose, the link in with the circular economy, the service of understanding what's in the waste stream is needed. How it was being procured was the inefficiency, because, because even in a circular economy, you, this data point is you, you need to know what is where. That's really important. And I think the reason data is becoming more um, as a critical piece on, on the agenda is because the policies are evolving and and when you have things like so, you know, coming from things like the circular economy package and and the Green Deal within Europe and then obviously within the UK right now, we off, off of the resources and waste strategy with all the consultations around deposit return schemes and the, the, the renewed and improved um, EPR and collection consistency. Actually, when you look at 
again, this is my, when you look at the heart of those, the thread, that golden thread that runs through is understanding what's where. So that's why data is coming up the agenda, combined with, I think, the hugely fast moving pace of digitization and what you can do digitally with collecting, storing, analyzing, presenting data. So I think there's that really good coming together of these factors, which is highlighting this issue of uh, what's a good example so let's take the extended producer responsibility consultation which is currently in there which will have a, a generational impact on how packaging is is viewed from its design to how it's collected to how it's then either reused or recycled the obvious question is everyone's now asking is well how much of that type of packaging is there and how is it currently being managed and there is good ish information um from particularly on household waste uh, you know that's that's been very well studied it's not it's not a whole picture across the country but it's a good picture but what we've, we've we are currently doing a piece of work with um cflex the european flexible plastic packaging um uh, group and that study is the, the granularity people are now asking is they that we're working with them to understand the polymers of all the different flexible packaging that you and I bring home from when we go food shopping. So, you know, it's the closures on our tray of tomatoes, if we buy tomatoes in that form. It, and, you know, and, and we've, we're working with them to understand what all the different polymers and, you know, your bread bags and and your salad bags and and, and all of those things. That's the level of granularity now. And, and it highlights that, well, what is it? And, and how do we fill that in a really efficient cost effective um transparent way um so uh, which is hugely exciting from a professional basis i think i think at the same time it's it's a it's a very big challenge it's a completely solvable challenge i you know, i don't want to come across as at all as as that it, it's it's absolutely solvable but it's for me it's a key success factor to to how circular how quickly you know the the UK economy, the global economy becomes is this this question of data. That's really interesting. <clears throat> and what's the contrast between your your work with the public sector and the private? That you've seen many changes over your your journey. Is there a big contrast from when you're working with public and and the private sector clients? I think. I think. We. There's a huge amount of overlap in in the work we do, um, which is I think is a good thing because this is the, the the challenge is the same, obviously. So I think with our public sector work, it ranges from that 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 policy scale work, and 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 we do you know that that's not just UK, that's global policy work where we're looking at you know uh, uh, we do a lot of work in low and middle income countries and and. And that ranges for, and it's very different there because we take for granted here in the UK that we will get a waste collection and it's well legislated and controlled. And that's not the case globally. You know, there's some great work by, you know, people like WasteAid and and Tear Fund that, you know, it's it's I think it's something like two billion people don't have a formal waste collection and, and things. So that that type of 
policy work is is really interesting from a infrastructural kind of I suppose long-term perspective of of what needs to be in place and how do you get there and what's 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 the steps it's the same with our private sector businesses they they want to wait, make well-informed decisions and I think with a lot of the circular economy support we do with businesses and it ranges from very small startup businesses through to, to multinationals that, that that are asking these questions and genuinely wanting to engage and 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 make their supply chain and their processes more circular um it's it's that realization of looking up of bringing the word of collaboration it's the understanding that they 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 can't solve that problem on their own no matter how big or small they are that you know it, it's such an intertwined um kind of economy we work in now and life that we live that that you need to bring those players in and that's great in one sense at the same time it inevitably adds complications it affects speeds it affects you know aligning um what everyone is actually trying to get from those work so i think it's about um the differences there's there is a need for action on both sides and and i include uh, by both i mean the the private and and public but you know not forgetting our non-profit work is th they want action i think that pace of action changes and that's not a binary one is fast and one is slow i think they interchange depending on on those issues but what what is clear is again my personal view is people want action you hit the block then is what they realize is how good is that data come back to data and you know making those informed decisions and uh, the, that awareness of risk and being aware of what that risk may be or or not be so it's there's a lot of similarities it's um and we work together with both of them on many projects actually so on one project we'll be working with both you know so a lot of our policy work we end up consulting with public parts of uh, the economy you know whether that's a government department or a you know a, a local authority as well as business on understanding what the impact of, of these policies would be and what would you say sam is the main barrier for these businesses to become circular economy businesses what what's the main barrier stopping them from doing that it's a good question and i don't think and I know you're not asking it thinking it's a, it's one answer fits all Liz at all. I think it obviously does vary. I think this, and this is changing. I think there's this, it, it comes to this point of the willingness to expose themselves as a business to what is now much greater public scrutiny. And I guess that's another thing which is influencing the, the, the change of paces. It's, it's this immediacy of, public opinion shifting now that happens through social media and that's good and bad um, for a business I think it and again maybe I'm thinking slightly more in in the the bigger size business here that that are exposed to this but it's that willingness to stick their head above the parapet and say that they're going to take an action when they know possibly which is always going to be it's a step it's not the whole solution 
because it can't be the whole solution and it's that willingness to expose themselves to i suppose that that brand risk of oh you're not doing enough and you know you could be doing this um and i think there is a, there's a shit and each business approaches this differently but i think that willingness to take that risk when you look at the complexity of that network that they're dealing with and the pace of change is that i think that is a barrier but my view is you know businesses are engaged with the agenda now they are um and you know we're we work really hard on maintaining our independence it, it helps being employee owned and you know we don't have shareholders or anything like this but but we at the same time we do you know we're about providing that independent research that helps inform decisions you know i think people know this with with research features we're we're not there to to prove a case we're there to to look at a case and see what the evidence tells us the impact may be um and so you know that's really important but the the barrier of of i suppose not being seen to be green enough or circular enough fast enough is does stop some businesses acting until they you know they will be doing a huge amount behind the scenes uh, before they go public and launch things but when you and you know you and i will be reading and, and the public are you know even in the last couple of weeks with things like the various trials on flexible plastic packaging that some of the supermarkets are running you know their trials they they know they they not got everything figured out but the reason they're doing the trial and and launching those campaigns is because they're realizing that that's a really good way to understand how do we maximize the material we're collecting how is our kind of recovery supply chain and treatment supply chain working what does it mean for our distribution centers how is the comms working where do we put the bins in the store you know what type of materials are we getting how you know does this how does it work financially for the recyclers all of those things ultimately you can't do that from a desk so you know they have to take those risks but i think that's something that's changed in the last five years that willingness now is much greater that's really interesting. And with this extended producer responsibility um, law coming into to force, I guess we'll hear more about circular economy in the mainstream media. Uh, just going back to language, I know you mentioned Sam before, but how would you actually describe the, the real circular economy, Layman? It's actually, it's, it's, it's a good question, isn't it? It's, um, so I think I think so. What it, the, the circular economy is about maintaining. For me, it's about maintaining the inherent value of materials. It's and minimizing the use of materials. Actually, I mean that doesn't mean us. You know that doesn't mean not producing anything at all. But it's about having a very clear model and process that is is the whole value chain for the production of of things and and so it's it's around really informed smart decisions of materials and then then looking to keep those materials in use but at their highest as you know you know it's, it's that utility you know the highest utility value of and so actually um you know and within this economy it's not all about recycling in fact recycling is i think walter used these words didn't he it's 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 the worst of the best within 
the prism of circular. It's about um, prevent waste in the first instance. Because the circular is like preventing waste. It's about you know having a a reusable. You know, he says waving a a water a reusable water bottle across the camera. But it's it's about having that and being aware of you know designing things to last. Only you know only owning things we need to own. So this is where the experiential thing comes in and then it's about the sharing economy. So I think it's it's that as in that's what it's around. It's it's not this, you know, we don't it, it moves us away from that lit the linear economy. It's the the you know from the I buy something, I use it, I dispose of it, and it, you know, never shall I worry about it again. So I it it's understanding the value, everything we kind of use materially has a value and it's about understanding that value, choosing it wisely and maintaining that in use in some form, at its highest form possible for as long as possible. I suppose in terms of businesses and looking at them in five years time, what would you like to see? Where would you like to see the circular economy? Good question. I think I'd like to see it it's carried on, you know, with things like the the environment bill, which we await, and you know whether it does end up being back for back with what Europe and things are doing. I think where I would like to see it in five years is that it, the circular economy or sustainability or build back better, whichever label it may end up having, is central and is almost a prerequisite to all government policies that are coming out. That there is that consideration, and. And it, we will be progressing, I guess, is where I'd like to see it. And so what we will be seeing is more and more of that change from understanding that we can still have a really good quality of life by experiencing things. So it's the, the models that you and I will be aware of, you know, that maybe, you know, let's take fashion as an example, the, the hiring portion of the fashion business that maybe we hire outfits for those special occasions rather than feeling we have to buy them. And, you know, that, that there's lots of those businesses already out there, but, you know, we'll, you know, that they will have grown and that actually that it becomes commonplace that, you know, why would we buy, you know, why would I buy a, a nice flowery shirt for one night as opposed to rent it for one night, send it back and someone else, you know, gets to use it. it it's that kind of thing that it becomes, but it won't, we won't be finished. I think that's really important. You know, this isn't a five year, issue strategy you know this is a generational and this you know this is just how we need the global economy to operate great and and sam is there anything else i've missed out that you feel you should get across to our listeners i think in terms of circularity and just why we know is the short answer but i'm going to give an opinion of something else which which i think is interesting from us as a business i think it, it, it's worth mentioning the b corp movement the b corp movement is a movement of for-profit businesses which believe that you can use business to have a positive impact socially and environmentally and and it clearly also really aligns with circularity and what that the reason i mentioned that as a as maybe one of the closing comments is because it brings together like-minded businesses as well and when you then bring in their networks as well it's a really powerful movement of organizations that are in the prof the for-profit sector looking to take action here and work together so that's really you know we we are very proud of our kind of accreditation and to that that movement and, and being part of that 
Oh, brilliant. Well, thanks, Sam. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you. It's I mean, thank you for inviting me. And, you know, it's 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 always nice to have these slightly wider conversations around some of the more the, the, the bigger issues we deal with on a day to day, isn't it? Definitely. Keep it real and circular. We try. We do try. <laughs>